Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three mistakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Kente Corner, your favorite Georgetown basketball podcast. I'm Bobby Bancroft. I'm here with Ben Standig. From the Athletic, Georgetown's season ended last night in dramatic, well, I guess it wasn't really dramatic fashion, and all of college basketball ended less than 12 hours later. Well, I guess, yeah, about about 12 hours later. Ben, what in the hell is going on? Well, I'd like to say that your hold music, while I was waiting for this, almost, I wish the, you know, the hold music was, was like appropriate for everything that's happening, because everything that's happening in the world right now is all too real, and your whole music was Rick Astley. So, like, I'm waiting, going, wait, am I getting Rick rolled right now? Like, what is happening? Unfortunately, uh, you came on. <laughs> so this is real, and everything in, in life is just way too real right now. I mean, the fact that Georgetown losing in the Big East tournament and doing so with a on the wrong end of a 23-0 run isn't even close to being one of the top 20 craziest things that have happened in the last 24 hours. Uh, says a lot, but uh, yeah, it is. It's quite. It's quite. The, it's quite wild on the streets out there, Bobby. It is, and I was in New York, and it's kind of the only time I ever go. And it is always, as you know, you've been many times wild in the streets. I think we're all getting rickrolled at the moment. So I wouldn't say this is an emergency podcast, but it kind of feels like it is a little bit. But let's just talk about the game a little bit, and then we'll move on to the larger aspect of how i don't even know what to do there isn't tv there there isn't sports on tv i have two tvs in my basement and i always just have sports on even though i don't i don't think i watch as much as i used to i just having it on is like a you know it's like my safety blanket but so yeah so last night georgetown st john's the 8-9 game for the third time in four years um the hoyas were trying to sweep st john's patrick ewing was trying to get his first win as a coach in the Big East tournament. Jagan Mosley was trying to leave Georgetown with at least one win in the Big East tournament. Those things did not happen. It was all going really, really well until it went about as bad as it can possibly go. Um, Terrell Allen did his best. Uh, the one-year rental for the Hoyas, 21 points. He got 18 in the first half. He went over 1,000 for his career. Everything looked great. Omir Yurt 7 was back. And, you know, it just, it you know, 23-0 run. Yeah, I mean, you know, a 23-0 run is inexplicable no matter what. Like, even in the middle of a game, let alone to end it. Like, not only is a 23-0 run, how, how what did they go, the last, like, 10 minutes or something without a field goal? Um, yeah. Something like that. Um, I, I was telling Bobby I put the game on. And I was 
watching last night, but somewhat distracted by the news of the day. So I have the game currently on in the background, and right now it's a tie. It's tie game. I think things are about to get worse, but they just flashed the stats that they hadn't made a field goal in like five minutes or something. Um, you know, look, look uh, the uh, for, you know all of Georgetown's, you know, the, the, you know this team showed unbelievable heart and fight. You know, I think we all give them that, uh, but you know, and, and particularly at home, right? I mean, especially down the stretch here when they got to the point with with No McClung and Yurt Evan, you know, mostly out but in and out of the lineup. He was back in this game. Uh, most of the success or these, you know, really close losses were seemingly coming at home, including, uh, you know, Villanova and Xavier at the end there. But on the yeah. road, it's been quite the struggle. The, you know, the, 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 you know, get blown out by Marquette. Uh, you know, and, and this is you know, the, the the one opponent in the Big East tournament that it is a true road game, essentially with St. John's. Um, so, you know, look, I mean. I, there were so many times this year where it was like inexplicable, inexplicable to me how Georgetown was staying in these games. And so when they have something like this happen, again, it's, you can't fathom a 23 or what happened no matter what. But it is sort of like, well, you know, uh, what, what, I mean, sure. I mean, like, they just don't, you know, they the margin of error was beyond negative for them. Uh, they had none. And, uh, you know, so bad, bad time. Yeah. So real quick, back to what you said. Yeah, obviously they're playing St. John's at Madison Square Garden, but you know until Connecticut comes back next year, Georgetown is the one other team that it's kind of a home game for them too. And you know when Georgetown was in control for most of the game, it felt better than most Georgetown crowds do, if that makes sense. But <laughs> sure. but when St. John's started going, you know, and and that that's sort of the tournament environment, right? You know, you you, you know the, the crowd gets behind the team that's losing. They want to see the comeback. They want to see you know, the game matter in the end. And, you know, that's one of the things Georgetown's missed out on by, you know, they've lost, you know, they've gone one and done the last four Big East tournaments, um, you know, haven't made the NCAAs. Like, that was a great environment last night. And um, I was sitting there right on the floor, and there were some Creighton fans behind me, and you could hear them. I mean, like, they're literally, like, almost, pr- like, like their knees are almost pressed up in the back of your chair. And they were like, well, you know, we should root for Georgetown because they don't have any bodies. If they win tonight, they're going to have nothing tomorrow. Um, even though they were also saying, because at that point, it was pretty much everyone kind of figured that the tournament would go on without fans, which is what it originally was going to do. Um, but yeah, so the garden was kind of behind Georgetown for the most part, and then it switched to all St. John's. Um, so I just want to go back. I know it's like a small point. It was 48-13. It was, or no, I'm sorry, 48-33. It was almost the same point as when Georgetown came back on Super Bowl Sunday from being down 17 for the big comeback that they had. Um, it was almost, you know, a complete reversal. It was 48-33. Javon Blair gets a steal. He's coming right down the right side, like right in front of me. Just a terrible pass to Mosley. Mosley has this look like, oh my God, you know, they were about to go up 50-33. to And I remember I made a mark and I was like, you know what? that was just such a bad two on one fast break. I didn't think it would come back to get them. And obviously they lost by more than two, but I remember at that moment being like, you know what? It's basketball. It's this Georgetown group. I don't feel totally comfortable. Yeah, no, I mean, how, uh, <laughs> how could you, um, I, I, you know, I mean, I, you know, what's crazy. Like, I don't, I honestly don't have, a ton to add to, to the game, and look, the reality is you've got 
a long time. You've got a lot of weeks ahead of you of, of podcasting, and, and you can, you know, dive back into all kinds of these things. I, I guess it's just, you know, it, 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 on this day that, you know, college basketball for this 2019-20 season officially ended before, you know, most of the conference tournaments could be completed, before the NCAA tournament could happen. Uh, you know, Georgetown season actually did end, and it feels kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, because when we when when we were starting to discuss like what what uh, some some topics and maybe we'll get into some of them, um, I, you know it, it is weird that like they actually their season had a had had a finish and you know it kind of sucks that the season had to end in that in that round. But in some way this game almost sort of encapsulated the the the, the season. I mean there were some high hopes coming in with with year seven and and uh, you know what could Akinjo and McClung do you know, go, going into this year and, and things like that. And then obviously things got derailed pretty quick. Then they had this, you know, really interesting middle part. And then it was you know, a lot of a lot of guts and, and, and until the injuries just overwhelmed the situation. And here we had a game where, you know, optimism quickly, they get up to a lead, they're leading by double figures, and then just everything just went, came came crashing down. And, um, uh, you know, it, 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 it it's going to be fascinating to really look back to, to wonder over time well, what what's the thing we, we we take away from this season ultimately and there again you know when we talk like I was watching you know Maryland you know uh, you know they're they're one of those teams that absolutely is going to look at this back at the season and think what could have been because they're yeah. in position to potentially make a Final Four and for Georgetown the season ended and and we kind of they did have a capper but it'll still be interesting to kind of look back and, and over time and think what well, what's the thing that that sort of stands out. From from this year, um, so we talk about the game. I, I just I just have a ton more to add at this point. No, I know, and I you know I'm the one that said I think at least once, maybe twice that I don't want to talk about the game. I do want to spend one more minute on the game. I was really surprised. I was surprised your seven played. Yeah, that right. So I want to you know I want to say I was stunned your seven played, and he barely played in the first half. He wasn't a factor at all. And then in the second half, he checked in. Georgetown was up 11. He checked in with 16 minutes left, and he never went out. I thought, from my vantage point, he looked like he was a little bit – he'd put on a couple LBs. I'm in no position to speak. I have put on a lot of LBs, okay? Um, But Wahab was playing fine. And I'm not saying that this loss is all on your seven. Also could be pointed out, Ewing did not call a timeout until it was entirely too late. but to use your seven the rest of the game, and I that's I asked you about it afterwards, and he said, Well, you know, it was winning time. I think what we're gonna look back on most of the season, and I'm assuming your seven's not gonna come back, is that Ewing just had so much invested in your seven that he didn't know what to do when he came back. He's like, Well, I gotta just play him. I got I got I gotta just play him the whole time. And I thought that that was a negative last night for as much as I felt if he if he was eligible for the weekend, you know, if or active, that he was going to be a positive, I would have never. You could have, you could have never convinced me that your seven playing would be such a such a detriment, and I think it was. You know, I was uh, in watching the game, especially in the first half. You know, and I was already whether they won or lost. You know, I wasn't expecting a big run, and I was thinking that whether we did a podcast or just my own thoughts, and, and watching Wahab. You know, I have to say, like, one of the, you know, bright spots of this season has been watching this guy who didn't have a ton of expectations for going in. I mean, Ewing had said he would be probably the one one of the incoming big men 
the freshmen to, to actually play. But, you yeah. know, it looked pretty raw most of the year. But, like, once he got thrust into the situation but after the suspensions or after the defections and then the peck, especially when Yergsev and um, started getting hurt, you know, he actually did some good things. You know, did some work on the boards. I thought he had some good touch, you know, you know 10, 12 feet out. Uh, you know, and I'm thinking ahead, like, okay, like, you know, you could see some potential here. And and then, you know, to your point about you, you and going over to your and like, I mean, I get it to a degree, but, but no matter who it is, that guy is going to be rusty. He hasn't played. I don't, I don't know the exact day he, he last played, but it's obviously it's obviously been a minute. And, uh, you know, uh, but yeah, that that's a tough that's a tough way to go. Especially you can't really play those guys together, so you kind of have to pick one. And yeah. uh, you know, I, I mean, I get why he'd go with the guy who was effectively an All Conference player, but at the same time, you know, it's hard to imagine he's going to be really ready to go when he hasn't been able to play. I put the over under at twenty minutes for your seven to play once it was obvious that he was gonna, and everyone was taking the under. He ended up with 21 minutes, but it's the fact that he played 16 consecutive game minutes. It's just stunning to me. That and not calling a timeout. Like, I was just sitting there. I just, like, I can't. If you had told me that that's what happened, I wouldn't have believed you. If I didn't have my feet right, you know, on the court, basically, (laughs) it's just unbelievable. Um, So just, obviously, you weren't there last night. You know, the post game, um, not the actual post game, but, you know, the post game part where you get to hang out with, Georgetown's living legend, Rich Schwatkin, which is always one of the highlights of the trip to the Big Apple. And we're just sitting there, you know, and in real time, you know, you're on your phone, and you're looking and you're seeing what's happening with, you know, the Jazz and with Nebraska. And then all the leagues are going to have their conference tournament with no fans. And for it to go the way that it did, where the Big East played a half and then they said, OK, look, no one else is playing. What the hell are we doing here? It's just it's just unbelievable, like, you know, the idea of what happened to Georgetown, but then what happened to, you know, our sporting lives. Like, sports are the thing that, you know, this podcast, sports are the thing that sort of distracts you from, you know, like, stuff that sucks, right? Like, you know, the awful stuff. And then it's like, wow, like, this is, you know, leaking into that, the you know, the avenue of escape. It's just freaking wild. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, I I tweeted at some point last night that um, uh, the word surreal no longer covers what is happening because <laughs> uh, it's almost too hard to fathom. I mean, you know, from like in terms of like the NBA, it's been such an incredibly crazy year, starting with the China situation before the season even started. Then, of course, Kobe Bryant. I, I honestly still haven't even processed that. And now this, I mean, it's still like the idea that, you know, there is no college basketball right at this point. It's really, technically there was some today. Uh, it's really just going to, I don't even know how to process what is happening in, in, in this world right now. I mean, you know, in doing, in doing what I do, you know, I, for me covering mostly on the NFL these days, I'm already in the off season and free agency and the draft are upcoming. So in theory, I'll have things to discuss, but like looking at my, colleagues on the basketball side pro and college like i don't you know i, I have no I have no idea i mean college is over um and unless something dramatically reverses itself which i, I was hoping obviously georgetown's probably not going to get into the nit at 15 and 17 i was kind of looking forward to you know years ago we had fun at the mason cbi games 
I was hoping maybe GW or Mason again would maybe get back into that locally. Um, you know, obviously you do, you know, you've, you've got with the athletic, you've got some wizards responsibilities. Um, I freelanced for the AP. I was excited for LeBron and for Zion to come in, you know, they're on the schedule in the next couple of weeks. It's just, it's just crazy to think, you know, baseball is going to get suspended or, you know, it's going to start late, I think. Right. Is that, is that accurate? Uh, at this point? Yeah. Um, I mean, they closed Disneyland. <laughs> so like that's Disneyland it for Mickey and Goofy? Well, I mean, I think they said Disneyland had only been closed like three times or something since it opened. It was like, you know, JFK assassination, 9-11, they had one of those bad earthquakes out in LA, out in California. Um Maybe what closes more time. often, Disney World or Wally World? Uh, based on my Wally World experience, I'd say Wally World. <laughs> that that seems to be as far as to me, it is always closed, <laughs> uh, except that uh, fake gunpoint. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars. dot com. With over two million vehicles and fifty thousand more added every day, Cars. dot com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars. dot com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars. dot com. It's magical. Um, so there's a, you know, so obviously Duke and Kansas said they weren't going to play in the tournament before it was announced that there's going to be no NCAA tournament. And I guess all the sports for NCAA are called off, right? Like, is there going to be no baseball? Like, like there's no Omaha this year, the college world I series. They, I, I, I didn't, I, I didn't maybe dive into the details. I thought it said all winter and spring sports are, are done. Yeah. Cause I saw some people within the athletics internal slack discussion was talking about how like the, cause I think, you know, the Ivy league really started the role on this and they talk we're talking about how they not only had the Ivy League canceled its conference tournament but like was canceling things like lacrosse which I think Princeton was is like a top five team or something and, sure. and they were lamenting people were lamenting that a couple of days ago and now it's progressed um you know further so uh yeah it's um you know I mean with you know obviously we're just focusing here on the sports aspect of it you know the cultural aspect of the, the day-to-day society aspect is I mean, none of us have a clue where, where this is headed, and, and that's a whole other topic. But, like, you know, when you consider – I was watching ESPN earlier, and Scott Van Pelt was on talking to some of the, you know, college basketball people, and he was talking to Woj on the NBA side. There's news today, but what happens in, like, three days when, like, there's – you know, if, there, if there's no real news, you can't – you know, there's only so much you can keep rehashing the what-ifs of it all – uh, and, and like, what, you know, what's anybody going to do? I, I'm, I'm at a point in life where I'm pretty cool watching a Netflix movie rather than the random game on. But for some people, that's all they do is watch the game. And there is literally no game. <clears throat> I mean, not even, you know, the European soccer, you know, uh, hiatus, they canceled, you know, the, the, what tennis, I think closed up for six weeks. Uh, you know, I mean, there really is not, you know, nothing's happening. The XFL shut down for those that care. There's there's a couple of people. So Georgetown's in the unique the unique position. Like I said, I don't think they were going to get an NIT bid. So their their season actually ended. Like it actually ended. I know that, and I, I'm sure that you're aware of this. There's been the idea floated out there of you know 
there's a couple of them. One, they, you know, they talk about should they just have a selection show to show the teams where they would have ended up just to reward them. I feel like that's kind of weird, but okay, whatever. The other thing is extending eligibility to seniors. Now, like I said, for Georgetown, for as much as everyone loves Mosley and Allen, their season was already over. Um, but if it were to happen that seniors got some sort of waiver and it didn't count against your scholarships and all these, you know, just all this big hypothetical. Would that be a big deal for Georgetown? It would, right? Assuming that they don't want to move on with their lives. I mean, I think from what I understand, Jagan is in the College of Business and he's a real super smart guy. And Alan, I'm sure, has a degree by now. Um, but for basketball-wise, would that that would obviously be a good thing for them in this in this fantasy scenario? Well, I mean, first of all, the selection Sunday thing is crazy. You're just gonna kick like some team is not gonna get in who's on the bubble. You're just gonna <laughs> kick them while they're like, like, like I'm not. I, I haven't been following the bubble close enough. I'm sure there's some sort of uh, Monmouth <laughs> team or whatever that's like the mid major that should get in that's gonna get screwed. So you're just gonna kick them while they're down. You, just, you didn't get a chance to play, and now we're just gonna tell you you didn't get in. I mean, the hell of that. Um, well, and and you know what though, it, this would be the first time where. They don't put Duke in Greensboro, right? And Duke sure, actually has right. like Duke actually has a hard bracket, and they're like, "Look, we finally did it!" And then next year it'll be back to normal where Duke's playing their first two games in the state of North Carolina. Yeah, exa- exactly. Um, but yeah, to the other thing, and I was watching ESPN earlier, and uh, you know they had Jay Bills on and all their people, all their college basketball people, and I don't think they were saying that this is a likely scenario necessarily, but I think they were floating it out as look, we're in unprecedented territory here, and what do you do? You know, and, and could you come up with this situation where it's like a grad transfer deal, and e- even if it even if it means, you know, teams had already filled up all their scholarships because of incoming players, that, you know, okay, look, whatever, you get a waiver and, and all that stuff. Um, I don't know how that would work for a Terrell Allen who came in as a, as a grad transfer already, right. but, uh, but, but, uh, but, 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 but to the point of, I mean, look, look, I mean, I, Again, watching the game last night, I was thinking to myself, okay, so, you know, McClung returns. You got him and Blair back in the backcourt. What what a what a chucking backcourt that's going to be if that's the starting lineup. Oh, Lord. It can't uh, be. It, it just, it just well, can't. <laughs> it just can't. So, so, so you got that. I mean, Jamarco Pickett the last couple of games, you know, is going to make everybody think that he found something. And, uh, you know, look out. We got Henry. You know, he's going to be the Henry Sims of this uh of this group, the guy who finally maybe by the end of his uh, time at the at college shows something, but okay. So you got those three, and then Wahab, like we said, look, you know, it looked pretty interesting. And then after that, uh, you know, well, there's not. I mean, I don't, I don't know how much tangible uh, pieces there are. I mean, even Murasan is leaving, and it, right, he was a guy who was playing like you know sixth or seventh man. So adding anybody, if that were to be a thing, pick, uh, you know, you can pick your guy. You want the point guard and Allen, which based on the backcourt I just said, is probably the the, the way I, I would go because of the importance of that position. But fine, Mosley would obviously be welcome. And, um, yeah, that would be huge because that, that player wouldn't just play. He'd be the, uh, presumably a starter. So, yeah, if, if this is something that actually takes hold, uh, you know, again, I don't even know if Allen is eligible, but uh, you know, but how or how. And, and I would imagine, like, these guys don't have to come back. It's just a matter of they, they could, I guess. Um, but but how yeah, like would... I said, they could have other opportunities that you know we don't know. I mean, I don't know if Jagan's going to try to play basketball still, but maybe he has some incredible you know job lined up. You know, being a Georgetown business grad, we have no idea. He, uh, 
he said at the last media availability he was going to you know see about playing basketball professionally. So um, okay, he he did have that in mind. And yeah, but look, obviously there's something to be said for all of us who were in college. Like it's kind of weird, right? We're viewing it sort of like wow, it'd be cool to get to keep playing basketball. Um, and I, but I, you know, and look, I, I, I didn't really want to leave college per se, but there is something to be said. Like when you see the finish line, from what I understand, like, okay, they, well, they actually made you leave, right? <laughs> yeah. At some point they were like, Hey dude, seriously, eight years, you gotta go. All right. Uh, no, no, it wasn't eight. It wasn't, it wasn't quite that Six and a half. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, you know, like, so on one hand, you're like, you've been imagining getting on with life, you know, getting a, whatever it is, trying the professional game. This become that next step. I mean, in, in, when you're younger, these steps are real things. When we get old, like me, it, uh, you know, the, everything just becomes a, uh, you know, there's a different finish line. <laughs> uh, one, one, one you hope you don't get to for many years. Um, but, uh, but so yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they would want to do. But that would be interesting if if the if the NCA did something like that. Obviously, you know, it, it, when you consider, you know, what is it, three hundred and something, fifty one teams. In D1, I, you know, I, I don't know how all that would work. You know, is it one per team or could, you know, could you do multiple? Who knows? But but certainly if Georgetown – I mean, look, uh, you, clearly you're going to have plenty of time to discuss the fact that this is three straight years under Patrick Ewing that didn't make the tournament. And regardless of all what happened, you know, he's partly responsible for sure for the, the transfers leaving one way or the other. And yeah. they didn't make the tournament, and we can say that they did some good things down the stretch, played hard. But regardless, that's the that's the that's the reality. And next year looks like it could be even a bigger struggle because, like we just said, assuming that nothing changes, I mean, we didn't mention the idea of you know Yurts haven't could possibly come back. He actually does have another year, but the, the long held assumption is he's out. Uh, I mean, that's not that's something even heard relatively late in this season. Could you know could all this coronavirus situation? change things if, if things happen professionally overseas or at the NBA, maybe, who knows, but taking him off the table, I mean, this is not a team that looks like it's ready to make a big run uh, unless they get incredibly fortunate in the grad transfer market. So, uh, you, you know, there, there's, there's, um, I don't even know where I was going with this at this point, but yeah, I mean, there, there's a, there's a lot to discuss and they could certainly use whatever help they can get. So, Speaking of not knowing where you're going, I would like to take you to a place that maybe you haven't thought much about, but let's go there. So like most people now, look, I don't go to Vegas or anything. And I used to have a group of friends that the first weekend of the tournament, they'd go to Vegas because, you know, there's just so many games, so much action. I've never done that. Um, I've usually I've always either gone to where Georgetown is and that hasn't been a problem recently. Um, Or I get together with some of my long some of my, you know old buddies that I don't necessarily see as often as I see other friends now, but we'll go somewhere and just kind of hunker down, pick either Thursday or Friday and just like hunker down all day. So there's going to be no, there's going to be no games on. So I was thinking, and everyone obviously is based in their own, you know, however, however old you are, you have like a frame of reference, but like, let's say CBS said, look, here's what we're going to do. We're going to like just play an old tournament. And cause you know, back in the day, if you lived here, you know, you got the Georgetown game, you got the Maryland game, and then they kind of did regional stuff. You know, now you can watch TBS, TNT. This is the one time of year I watch true TV. I have to find it every year. Um, but have you, you know, if you had to pick a tournament, and this is obviously a Georgetown podcast, so, you know, 85, all that stuff. But, or no, not, not 85, 84. Um, Definitely not 85. 
Definitely not 85. And that's sort of the thing, though, too, is as a Georgetown pod, almost all of their losses are just so painful, right? Like, it's like you wouldn't want to really watch any of those tournaments. But I was thinking about it, so I'll I'll give you a second. I'll, I'll go first. It's just before I was able to start watching, based on my age, um, the 87 tournament, obviously the finals really exciting, you know, Syracuse loses. So that's a positive for everybody. Um, but, you know, I don't know a whole lot about Reggie and the miracles other than like what I was, you know, told. Um, I know he was really good. I know that, you know, they made the elite eight, they lost to Providence kind of an upset, but for them to get that far was kind of a big deal. I think Perry McDonald was like a, a six, four center. So if CBS was like, Hey, look, we're going to vote on what tournament to show. I've seen enough of the 84 highlights. I don't really need to watch that one. But I think to me, 87 stands out and 90 stands out because UNLV was just badass. Um, Duke got crushed in the final. And I remember as a kid, I was about 10 then, um, the Loyola Marymount story was such a big deal. That was before mid-majors kind of were doing what they're doing. So those are kind of my first two picks as, you know, I'm showing my age. But um are there is there is there a tournament that you would say, hey, I would like to watch that? Well, I've been fortunate to have to have gone to three Final Fours. All right, Spain. I've oh, been to one. Uh, which one did you go to? Oh, the, Jeff Green. Oh, Jeff Green. Yeah, I went to '89 Michigan, which Georgetown would have oh. been in the Final Four if Christian Leitner hadn't. Uh, showed up to the world at that at that moment in time. Yeah, uh, I went to the um, '99 when Connecticut beat Duke with the mm. Khalid Alamina, Richard Hamilton, and then I was at the 2001 when Maryland lost in the Final Four to Duke. Uh, I so I, I I'm, I'm tempted to like pick w- one of those. The Connecticut one maybe because I won the my office pool that year. That was pretty fun, but. I'm going to go back to the 80s. The reality is that the NCAA tournament, as an old guy like me, the 80s were, I mean, every year was basically just an unbelievable finish, upset, crazy storyline. Obviously, Georgetown was a huge factor, you know, three of the, you know, for for three years there, in particular with with the Ewing era. Well, the weird thing is, too, right? Like, the one they win is kind of boring. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So I was going to say, though, the one I would pick, I thought he would be the one where Georgetown in the Ewing era got bounced early by Keith Lee in Memphis. 1983 is the NC State year. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, you know, you have to have a little bit of the backstory. And the game obviously looks incredibly weird at that point. But the NC State story, you know, to me is just the epitome of, the, of, of what March Madness is all about. I know they're from a big conference and all that. But they had to win the ACC to get into the tournament. And then just every game was some crazy miracle. Uh, you know, they they had to beat Ralph Sampson in Virginia just to get uh, to the Final Four. You know, then there was the massive underdog against uh, Houston and by Slamma Jamma. And then to win with that crazy play, the, you know, the alley for Lorenzo Charles, we've all seen a million times. Like, that that was a lot. That one was a, a ton of fun. But uh, I'd go with that. Or honestly, if you just wanted to rerun the whole 80s, uh, I'm all in. The entire 80s was, was just. Uh, in insane. Obviously, a lot of pain in there for Georgetown. I apologize, but uh, but you know the good the good. But even that, like the the one they lose to Carolina, like that was the year where Georgetown really, uh, you know, I mean they had already had some success. 
but that was the year they really became, you know, this, this massive force and started everything we, we think about today, the, uh, you know, big man, you and all that. And that was a, that was a lot of fun as well. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously this is something that would never happen except for ESPN classic or whoever owns the rights, because, you know, CBS couldn't sell the advertising for the old games, but it just seems like that would be really cool because like, like I said, it didn't, we didn't used to always have the ability to watch whatever game we wanted. And so I think to rerun some of those tournaments that, you know, were just, it was such a regional thing. Um, Or, you know, they could just say, look, these are the best first round games. These are the best second round games and so forth. But it just, you know, maybe someone's going to, is going to come up with something. Maybe this is what, that's what FS1 is going to do. They're going to show games or like I said, whoever has the rights ESPN, or obviously it's all, it's a CBS product, but I don't know how the, you know, classic obviously shows the old games from other, other networks. But I mean, there's, there's, this is the time, right? I mean, I imagine people are going to be coming up with, you know, fake brackets of different things nobody cares about because everyone just kind of hones in and it's like, hey, where's my bracket? I want to bet some money. I want to, you know, I just want to, I just want to do something. So, yeah, I mean, look, I mean, as as somebody who's going to be tasked with, you know, trying to help fill the void to some degree, I mean, on a minor level, because it's not my main responsibility, but um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's going to be, you know, creative central, you know, uh, for, 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 for sure. And yes, I mean, I think right now, obviously it's hard to have any type of find any humor or levity in this, uh, situation because of the mass uncertainty and none of us really quite know what to do and look obviously we're not coming to this whole podcast for psa but obviously everybody you know take precautions and help each other out and if you're feeling ill stay home and listen to the, the podcast and go on youtube and look up all these old georgetown games do that rather than going out and potentially getting other people uh you know ill if you're feeling if you're feeling ill um but yeah we're at some point i don't know when but at some point somebody will start okay let's we we got to fill the time here, and they're going to come up with, like you said, all these various things, the, the what if scenarios. Um, what why I think it would be is bonkers for the actual March Madness, to see, you know, the NCA to put out a bracket. Lots of bracketology people have have certainly done that, and you can and you can take that, you take those fake brackets and and and, and make hay with it and, ha- and play it out hypothetically, you know, in whatever way you want to do it. Obviously, again. Georgetown is not a relevant thing, but look, if we're going to play make-believe, I don't know, play make-believe. We saw what Georgetown did this year with with what they had. What if McClung and, and your Tevin don't play? Play that season. I mean, I'm sorry, if they do play all the way through, play that season out. Couldn't Georgetown have made the tournament? Yeah, there, there's a timeline we could play with that. Uh, if you want to go all the way back and have everybody stay, you can debate what that is. And frankly, I'm sure you and whoever else you have on the podcast will probably get into some of these things at some point. So, it's going to be a it's going to be a lot of weird. Eventually, we'll get back to to, to some weird stuff because uh, <laughs> there's not going to be much else to talk about uh, from from a sports perspective. Uh, I don't think that's the case right now, but at some point, we'll get back to being having fun out there. Do you think there's going to be a Kennerly? So oddly enough, I don't think you were on the podcast, but um, Andrew was talking about that he felt. Kenner League was bad because of, you know, load management. And he was blaming injuries on Kenner League, which I had a different opinion. But, you know, we have no idea how long this is going to last. And, but you know, you, you wonder say, what the ripple effects are. When you say you had a different opinion, you mean you had a sane opinion? <laughs> I'm trying to be nice. Yes. 
<laughs> we 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 did uh, not see uh, eye uh, to eye load, on that. Playing load management on on like guys half playing half speed. Get out of here. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, look, the reality is, I can sit here and say sure, but like we have no idea about anything right now. I mean, again, forget forget sports. Like we don't know how this is going to affect. All, all kinds of things, you know. Unfortunately, with that getting political, like we just, you know, there hasn't been enough testing to know how widespread this all is and, and what's really happening. We're all just sort of trying to figure it out. It's actually been somewhat impressive to see so many of these pillars of society take take res- responsibility. The various leagues I mentioned, Disneyland, other events, South by Southwest, whatever it is, that have canceled for the betterment of Coachella. effectively of uh, yeah, exactly of society and to try to figure out know, what 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 can we do here. So who knows? I mean, you would we would look if by the summer, July, August, whenever Kennedy League is, if we still don't know, well then, man, this thing has you know gone so off the rails. I mean, right right now, you know, the NBA is talking in 30 days they'll reassess. Well, if, you know what I mean. So in my head, I'm kind of looking ahead to that. Okay, the next 30 days is going to be unusual. Beyond that, who knows? But I, I mean, I would imagine that 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 Kennedy League happens. But yeah, look, I mean, all, all bets are off right now. Uh, in terms of what what what's possible, what's not. I mean, somebody might decide, you know, there's too much, you know, limit limit all contact when possible. I mean, yeah, who knows? Obviously, guys are going to play pickup, so that's why the camps in the Canada League is insane. It's not that they're not going to play basketball; they're not bubble wrap for the right. That well. was that was my point. Um, real quick, so technically speaking, is this going to go down as a year that Georgetown missed the NCAA tournament? Like, you know, the idea of, oh, you know, or is it going to have to be said they haven't made the tournament since 2015? Can you can you say that, they, uh, that think, they've missed the last five? Yeah, I guess it's going to be, uh, yeah, they're, they're, it's a weird, that's a, it's like a weird, like technically because their season finished, like St. John's is probably not, it's not, St. John's isn't going to the NCAA tournament either by record, but technically they were, they were alive. still playing. Right, so technically it would be a little more asterisk. Yeah, I mean, I guess it'll be, uh, yeah, there, there could be some uh, <coughs> some semantics there, but you know, um, but ultimately, yeah, this is not a year that Georgetown um, made the NCAA tournament, and uh, you know, I mean, like I said, well, plenty of all time to dive into this, but it's been a minute now. I mean, it's hard to believe it's been three years of Ewing already. And regardless Here, here's of what I want: I want to go to New York City next March for longer than twenty four hours. <laughs> Like I know it's not a big, a big request, but I'd like to be there longer than twenty four hours. Noted. Um, hey, we're uh, we're running up against the time here, but you can find all of Ben's great work at the Athletic. He's at Ben Stanek on Twitter. I am Bobby Bancroft, and we are out of here.